When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. Training camp is back. Today was the first public practice of the Matt Nagy era. It was amazing. Even though it was raining, the fans were there. They were energetic. We had a ton of fun meeting a lot of fans there as well. But we have a lot to get to about today's first unpadded practice. So, again, it's kind of hard to find enormous amount of insight, but we're here to provide as much as possible. As always, I'm Errol Swoldewit. I'm joined by my two Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett, who's in a car heading down to Indianapolis. And right to my right is my first time ever having a co-host next to me is Nicholas Moriano. Nick, how you doing? Doing great. It's weird that I don't have my own screen. and I could just literally, I can touch you right now. Hey, I just did it. I'm real. <laughs> hey, B, how's that car treating you? Treating me real good. All right. Well, that's good to hear. So, guys... <laughs> I just want to get right into it because I know uh, you're in a car, you're heading to a concert, you're going to have a lot of fun. Nick and I, we're getting kind of hungry, so we're just going to dive right into our first practice here of training camp. And I want to know, oh, guys, your thoughts on the atmosphere because like, as Brandon and I were leaving, the fans were chanting, you know, Nagy, Nagy. And I was like, I didn't know if half of them were doing it right, half of them doing it wrong, you know, the Nagy, Nagy conspiracy or uh, drama that may unfold from that. But no, everyone was having a good time. And on top of that, as soon as Mitch walked onto the field, I mean, the fans were just getting at it, like, there's my quarterback, and then, you know, this chambering. And last year, we didn't have that. Last year was a little bit more uh, mild-mannered from the fans, but you can tell that optimism is surely rising. And, Nick, I want to go hand it over to you first. I want to know your thoughts on uh, maybe the atmosphere from, of course, Bears fans, and but maybe just what you saw from the Bears out there on the field, what kind of energy they were bringing. Yeah, even despite, like, the weather being bad, it was raining all day, off and on, um, fans showed up and they were excited. This is a team that they're very hopeful for going out watching their their Bears practice. But, yeah, the fans were into it. When there were big plays made, people cheered. When passes weren't completed, they, you know, oohed and odd. So it's, this is a team where, again, there's a lot of hype around it. And the, team, the, the fans are really getting behind them. So it was a great atmosphere, like I said. When they made plays, fans cheered. When they didn't, you know, they booed. Sounds like a typical day at Bear Benet to me, but let's go over to Brandon. I'm curious about your thoughts about maybe the pace of practice because it was two and a half hours, but it, they jammed a bunch of different drills, seven on sevens, 11 on 11, two-minute drill. They were always moving, always constant. Uh, what are your thoughts about the pace of practice? Yeah, I thought it was kind of the pace that uh, Nagy wants to put in a game because after you said even after an hour, I mean, there were – probably half the drills done we were looking at the seven on seven and you were like dang it's only been an hour like this practice is moving pretty quick and you could tell they've got a, a scoreboard out there that keeps the running clock going up how long each drill is going to be so that's kind of cool to know where exactly everything's going to be uh and how much time's left per drill and yeah i mean by the end of it it was like wow that was like really fast everything was just so fast paced i thought it was an interesting way to, to kick off camp yeah, it really was. You know, Nagy said they want to come out here. They want to go hard at it, and they definitely did. Like you said, by the time they got around to 7-on-7, seven seven, it felt like we were there for two hours, and it was only like 55 minutes since the players even started getting on the field. They didn't take a bunch of time to, you know, do 
like I think under Trestman, under John Fox, it took like 25 minutes just to do warm-ups. And it was a little bit different this week, this week or today's practice. They didn't take that much time to do stretches, warm-ups. Maybe they do it prior to practice. You know, that's something that we can't really tell you as fans. But, no, there's even a few times where you would hear coaches like, you better not just be standing there. Whatever you do, do not stand right there. You better be moving. You better be finding something to do. And that's something that I really like about, you know, this coaching staff. They're always making sure their players, uh, even on the sidelines, are doing something. You saw Prince of Mukamara uh, when they're doing special teams. He's working one-on-one with some coaches on his catching, which, of course, we all know Prince, he needs that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, guys, let's start with the offense, what we saw today. And, Nick, I want to go to you first. You were paying attention to the offense a little bit more than I was today. We kind of divvied up the responsibilities. Uh, let's, let's begin with your thoughts on, like, the different lineups and formations because every single play, there's a different formation, a different set. And, yeah, the Bears are keeping me on my toes trying to keep up. What about you? No, exactly. I mean, I was talking, actually, I went to go get a haircut, so I had to leave early, but I was telling my barber that each and every play, one person can be lined up on one side and can be on the exact opposite the the next play. That's the thing with this offense. There's so many versatile players that it's hard to kind of keep up where people are at on any given play. What does it mean to be locally owned and operated? For Cenex, it means everything. It means that we know if you take your coffee to go or if you like to stay a while. It means we've helped Little Leagues get jerseys and local festivals get funding. It means we know what our communities need. So you'll always leave Cenex with a full tank, full of snacks, or full of smiles. Or all of the above. And that means the world to us. Cenex. Powered locally. And there was, I didn't think I would see a bunch of three tight end sets, but I saw a couple of them, except in this with Matt Nagy, these tight ends are going out for the pass instead of just running, run blocking. But a bunch of different sets. Tariq Cohen was lining up in multiple positions. Anthony Miller was in and out. Taylor Gabriel, guys just rotating. And that's good when you have a bunch of versatility with a bunch of different players. It keeps the defense guessing who's going to get the ball or where is it even going to go. Yeah, exactly. And when you're talking about the tight ends, you know, you saw there's a play that you mentioned where you saw three split out wide to the right and then one receiver uh, over to the left, all isolated by himself. Even bunch sets tight ends. Three, you know, you know, you have two right in a bunch set, or even three in a bunch set, but two and then a receiver in the middle of them. So like hiding that smaller guy inside of two bigger bodied uh, targets in those tight ends. And on top of Tariq Cohen, you mentioned, you saw him in the slot, you saw him lined up outside, you seen him running routes out of the backfield. Uh, so yeah, every p- play, every even if it be 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, seven, 11 11, two-minute drill, uh, just so many different sets, uh, so many different looks that the Bears were throwing out there. And it comes to everything that we talked about all offseason long, guys, that the Bears are bringing in multiple players who bring versatility that can line up in these different positions. Uh, that way you can't really key in on anything. Like people are asking, Will, who are the receivers? And I'm like, which play are you talking about? Because it really matters. And, um, yeah, no, it doesn't matter who you are. You're playing inside. You're playing outside. You're playing in the slot. You're in motion. The Bears' offense has been using a ton of motion today. Something that really stuck out to me. Uh, either it be Taylor or Gabriel going across motion from left to right, catching the ball on the right in the flat, turning up field, or even using Tariq Cohen going all the way across the formation twice before the ball's even snapped. It's interesting to see all of this uh, motion that the Bears are bringing out. Uh, B, I know you were paying attention to the defense uh, with me, but in terms of the offense, uh, is there something that stood out to you in particular? Uh, the amount of times that we've seen Josh Bellamy out there on the field, yeah. uh, particularly more in the in the situational things, I think that was more just to get Allen Robinson off the field, keep him healthy for as long as they can. Uh, I know he said he's 100%. Uh, and it was cool to see him out there being uh, healthy and running routes like he used to. He looks really good out there, uh, but he wasn't out there for the situational stuff. Um but yeah, seeing Josh Bellamy out there a little more with the ones than I would have liked. Um, Mitch Trubisky looked pretty good. There were a couple. He was trying to fit some balls in some tight windows in there uh, today, which is nice to see some uh, some more aggressive play out of him. I think that that's a sign they're definitely taking the training wheels off. So those were some of my two top takeaways of the offense, anyway. Hey, there you go. Yeah, Trubisky's getting the training wheels off before I can get the actual training wheels off my kid's bike. Uh, so that's exciting for us Bears fans. But no, seriously, uh, the offense looked pretty good. Nick, I know you're paying attention. Is there maybe one theme that you can kind of like give Bears fans as something like the offense did well as an entire unit? You know, this is maybe something that's underrated, but I liked how if a play wasn't maybe ran the right way, if someone didn't write the precise route, people would get on uh, each other and actually talk about it. And I mentioned that it was Tyler, uh, it was Bray, and then it was Anthony Miller. Uh, it was an out route. He caught the ball. But still, Tyler Bray, I mean, just went up to him and asked him, just was talking to him. And that's the thing. Um, attention to detail that the coaches have, each player has within each other. They want to get this thing right. So I really liked how they just communicated each and every play, how it should be specifically run. So they get it, you know, to perfection. That's what you want out of the offense. So I really like the communication that's happening. Even though it is a new offense, new players are coming in, they want to make sure they get it right. 
Right. What about anything that they struggled with? I think personally, again, I was watching more of the defense, maybe just chemistry between receivers and quarterbacks. But it's day one. The pads aren't even on. And that's something that you see each and every year. The defense is always going to be ahead of the offense. Is there anything else perhaps that you notice that they struggle with? Or is that about it today? No, I mean, that's that was a big thing. Like you said, the defense is going to be ahead of uh, the offense. But there were times where Mitch Trubisky and Brandon mentioned it, tried to fit the ball in some tight windows that really weren't there. It had to be the perfect pass. And he almost had – he had – he could have had a couple picks, but didn't. So, I mean, that's going to happen with time. These receivers need to be on point where they, where Mitch expects them to be. But, again, the defense is ahead of them. Vic Fangio's been here for a while. These defensive, the defensive core has been here for a while. So it's going to take some time for the offense to really mesh and get uh, it, you know, in sync. Awesome. And I want to add a go ahead, I want to add a struggle to it, too, while we're on the, on the topic. Benny Cunningham just kind of struggled in general today. Uh, special teams, there was a point where Will and I were standing there at the at the back of the end zone, and he's throwing his helmet down, throwing out some uh, explicit words that we can't put on the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and uh, Tyler Bray was a guy that we talked about the other day uh, as far as, you know, whether or not he's going to make the team. He threw an interception today and didn't – I mean, he's got he's got an arm, and he doesn't look bad. It looks like he knows the offense, but uh, I thought he struggled a little bit today, and that, that may hinder him uh, come the end of camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see how it all plays out again. Day one, uh, I th- honestly think that interception is more of a great play by uh, Kevin Tolliver. We'll talk about him when we talk about the defense. Uh, but keeping it an offense, Nick, one surprise they can give Bears fans that maybe you weren't expecting today and that you saw. Ooh, okay, one surprise. Um, I think just even though Anthony Miller is a second-round draft pick, um, obviously being a rookie, he was you know getting some of those first-team reps, was in there. And I, would, I didn't think that at first, the very first practice, you know. So just him getting that that trust from Trubisky from the coaches to be in within the first team offense. Uh, that's a good sign because he did have a really good day today. So again, the coaches see what he can do. Mitch sees what he can do. But um, again, is it really surprising that a guy that I have so many high expectations for is doing well? Not really, but just to see him in the first team offense was a good sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and go position by position here. And let's begin with quarterbacks. I want to start with Trubisky. And, Nick, I'll get to you for more of the specifics in the end play. But right now I just want to talk about his leadership because it is light and no well, night and day. Light and day would be the same exact thing. It is night and day difference compared to what was this time a year ago. Uh, a year ago when Nick and I were at practice, the very first ones, uh, Trubisky was just kind of in the shadows, kind of quiet, keeping to himself, uh, wasn't really you know corralling his teammates whatsoever. He understood that it wasn't his place. But now that it is his team, you're seeing an entirely different Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, after each and every play, he's giving his offensive linemen, his running backs, his wide receivers, you know, high fives, patting the helmets, uh, even if he's. Uh, on the sideline, it's the second and third strings out there. And one of those guys make a great play. He's jogging down the field to congratulate them on that great play. He is honestly taking this entire offense under his wing, and it's it's, it's a great sight to see. You could just see him uh, being a great leader and people looking up to him, wanting to interact with him, uh, kind of please him, prove to him that he they can go out there and make big plays. And when he's out there congratulating the third string wide receiver on a great catch, that's a great sight to see. And on top of that, he's not shy uh, too shy of going out there and congratulating the defense on a great play as well you know he's taking this entire team knowing it's his and wants to be a great leader for him so yes night and day difference in terms of his leadership style from this time a year ago and that's something I can't wait throughout training camp to kind of notice and watch even develop even further how he becomes even a greater leader from right now to week one come September but Nick over to you what did you see at Trubisky on the field during drills during seven on seven eleven on eleven and all that yeah, I mean, again, you see his accuracy. Uh, when Trubisky sets his feet and is able to throw and you know has chemistry with the receiver, even if he doesn't, he puts the ball in the right place. And I saw that a bunch of times today. And you know, just a very um, maybe minimal thing that you don't even notice is just with the handoffs with the RPO. He's really he wants to make sure when he carries out a fake, he carries out the entire way for the entire play. It's not just okay. I, he didn't get the ball. You can just like dilly-dally off to the sideline. No, he wants to carry off these fakes and make it seem like he still has a ball or someone else does. So it's that misdirection that he really wants to, you know, get good at. And with the RPO, there's going to be a lot of that. So Trubisky, again, showing the accuracy and just attention to detail, like I said before, with each play in the offense, carrying it out till, till the end, basically. Yeah, it's interesting with Trubisky. You talked about the RPOs and selling the fake. If you actually go back and watch the Periscope, he had me fooled. Again, I'm like 60 yards down the field. I'm trying to you know track the ball with the camera, and there's half the time I go right, and the whole entire play goes left. I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm like a little frustrated. But now that you mention it, it's a good thing if we're going to make the defenses kind of react the same exact way. Uh, anything you want to mention about Daniel Bray? I thought Daniel looked every part that you want out of a backup quarterback. You know, there are times during individual drills where he was missing some receivers, but when it got down to it, seven-on-seven seven and team drills, I mean, he had that long touchdown to Tanner Gentry. 
uh, Marcus Cooper made it pretty easy. But no, I thought he was looking really good, especially in team drills. Uh, you know, Daniel was. But anything you want to mention about the backup quarterbacks? Yeah, Chase Daniel. Again, they they're running the offense, and he knows exactly what the plays are, and getting his team, you know, in positions where. He, I mean, the receivers need to be the running back. So it's it's not that um, Chase Daniel's a bad quarterback or anything like that. She doesn't have the talent that Trubisky does. But when he gets in, gets a play, uh, you know that the offense is not going to take a huge step back. Um, so that's always a positive. And, yeah, he was showing some some accurate passes. But like Brandon said, he did throw the, that one interception. Good play by Tolliver. But, yeah, he had a good day today as well. Awesome. All right, let's look at running backs. Uh, Howard, my big note is he was actually catching balls out of the backfield in a flat, turning up field. That's a good sign. Some people on Twitter are like, guys, he can catch a ball. We know. We talked about that a week ago. He had a 75% catch rate, but he needs to be more consistent with it. And, you know, today in the rain, you can see his patience, his, uh, you know, his eye connection with the ball. He was able to haul it in pretty easily and still kind of keep his balance, remain on the run, keep moving. And that's a good sign to see out of Howard. And then for me, Tariq Cohen, again, he lined up everywhere. And just as always, no surprise here, his speed was just on display. Every time he touches it, you know, he's turning up field, uh, you know, pulling away from other defenders, setting, getting around the edge, just making good plays. Again, no pads. It's really hard to tell. We can't wait till the pads come on here. But what about you, Nick? Is there anything in the running backs that you would like to mention today? They didn't do a lot of uh, running plays. There's a lot of more 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 uh, on 11, 11 just passing drills. Again, once the pads come on, that's going to change a little bit. But anything you want to mention for Howard, Cohen, uh, Mazel, any other, even Cunningham? Yeah, so um, we talked about the RPO. These are different handoffs that they still have to be able to carry. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it out the fake and you know not take it away from Chubisky too early we didn't see a lot of uh balls on the ground it was only one time where um I think it was with Chase Daniel in that second group where the ball ended up on the ground and defense uh, scooped and scored it but you know taking off taking the hand as a running back you need to be able to take these handoffs and you know they did a good job with that and again they're learning a bunch of new plays a bunch of RPO style plays where one time they're going to take it one time they're not so that was a good aspect and like you said they they're not in pads they're not getting hit have to go through the holes or anything like that but you know they did a good job in that aspect and um, to add we've seen a we've seen a triple option out there today too where uh uh, Trubisky faked it to Jordan Howard, then faked it through Cohen, and then pitched it in the middle to one of his receivers. So I thought that was an interesting aspect. I mean, that's kind of what the RPO is, is a bunch of options, but I didn't think we'd see a triple option on the first day of camp either. Yeah, no, exactly. Triple option, day one of camp. If that's just a sign for what's to come, Bears fans, get excited. All right, let's move over to wide receiver, and let's begin with Allen Robinson. He was full speed today. The Bears did keep him on the sidelines during 11-on-11, 11 11, but he was a full participant in individual drills. He was out there for 7-on-7, seven seven, and I thought he looked really good. He looked fast. He looked fluid. He looked confident in his you know, his abilities, his knee, uh, his running style. And for me to see that, of course, is a breath of fresh air because even though uh, the Bears say he's going to be ready for camp. He's going to be ready for camp. And you hear Robinson saying, yes, I will be ready for training camp. Coming off an ACL injury, it's you're always kind of holding your breath, wondering, uh, are there gonna be, is there going to be a setback? Is 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 uh, he going to be on schedule? And here we are. Uh, it's the first public practice of training camp, and he's out there full speed doing pretty much everything you want him to do. 11-on-11, uh, 11 11, he wasn't out there, but that's okay. That's you know, it's, it's not a big deal, especially day one. But what about you, Nick? Uh, start with Robinson and just kind of share some other observations for some of the Bears wide receivers. Yeah, so Allen Robinson, I th- like when he was in, he did look good. Uh, he was able to catch a lot of balls in the middle of the field, uh, again, showing that versatile route running. Um, I did find it interesting, though, that he wasn't out in the, what is it, team 11-on-11, 11 11, whatever you want to call it. I think, But I think that is just more for the mental reps he's trying to get. Um, again, Trubisky's going to have to learn to pass to a bunch of different receivers, so if you can take out the best one and still end up scoring on that drive, that's always going to be a good thing. Um, but Robinson, like he, he looked fluid. Didn't look like he was hesitant in any of his routes, especially with the ACL injury. That's a big thing. Are they going to be hesitant in and out of their breaks? Because that's where you're most crucial at. But he didn't look hesitant at all. Um, and, again, I, you said talk about other receivers. I think Anthony Miller's the guy to talk about. That guy, um, you know, this first practice, he he really showed what he can do, lining up in a bunch of different uh you know, positions on the field. And did you guys notice um, when it would any receiver would come in, they would call 
uh, Miller, Zebra, you're the Zebra, you're the Zebra. So that was pretty cool to see that Anthony Miller, uh, he's going to line up in multiple different positions, and he was just getting open all day today. Route running was a, you know, a specialty for him at Memphis. So he had a really good day, was able to get open, was able to catch a lot of passes from Trubisky and other quarterbacks. So, yeah, he definitely had uh, you know a good first practice. Yeah, he really did. it. You know, you talk about his catches, and a couple of my favorites, they were along the sidelines. They were contested. He had to make adjustments to go ahead and haul in those balls, and he was able to do so flawlessly and, you know, pretty seamlessly, and Bears fans loved it. I mean, every time he made a catch, I mean, you just heard hoops and hollers from the crowd. But, yeah, Anthony Miller making plays uh, with his precise route running, getting, you know, finding ways to get open, and if he's not open and it's a little bit of a contested catch, he has to make an adjustment. He has the body awareness and presence to go ahead and do that, too, so that's exciting. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, I didn't see a ton, ton out of him, uh, but what I did see is him on the field a lot no matter what drill it would be no matter if it was first or second string he's out there running you know going different positions uh, primarily what I saw as I talked about earlier was one play where he was in motion from left to right and then he caught the ball on the run in the flat and was able to turn up field and get a decent gain again that's how you're going to use his speed but yeah in the screen game that's why I saw nothing deep yet for Gabriel but again it's turbo we'll see that uh, probably once the pads come on here soon and I think we should mention Kevin White he had a pretty strong day today again it's Kevin White seems like he always has a decent start to training camp we'll see how things kind of hold off but there's one play that Brandon uh, you want to mention it uh, him and Prince Muka, Mukamara um, two minute drills yeah uh, in the two minute drill uh, I'm watching Kevin White just solely I just want to see how he's how he's acting how he's running out there you know uh, and they, they hike the ball and he gets out about four yards and fakes a curl and ends up in the back of the end zone doing a double move basically uh, and he's wide open and Brent, Prince and Mukamara bit on that that fake curl really really hard and Kevin White you could just see his reaction like he knew he was open in the back of the end zone but Trubisky was completely looking the other way and threw for an incomplete pass and ended up scoring on that drive about four plays later but that was just a missed opportunity because I don't know if that's where all the keys are just on that side but Kevin White just made Amukamara look look pretty stupid out there on that one play. <laughs> yeah no he did he didn't you know Kevin White he looked fast even during individual drills he looked confident he looked fast again We'll see how the preseason plays out and what's in store for him. But at least right now, day one, Kevin White looking pretty good. And you talked about scoring a little, a few plays later in that red zone when he got down to the red zone. That was Anthony Miller for those wondering at home. So yes, Miller had, I believe, the first touchdown of you know seven on seven, even uh, you know those eleven on eleven two minute drills. I don't know if they're two minute drills or just situational offense. They're running no huddle all the way down the field. So whatever you want to call it, that's what the Bears are doing. Uh, tight ends, not a lot to talk about besides what they're lining up. I thought Adam Shaheen uh, actually looked like he was uh, out there ready to play. He made a really nice catch over the middle. Uh, the ball was a little bit low, but he had a great adjustment on it during 7-on-7. Seven seven. But, yeah, just a lot of tight end usage, sometimes even three in the field. And just to note, no Daniel Brown today. He was sidelined with, I believe, a hamstring injury. So he's uh, still gearing up, ready to go. But anything, Nick, you want to mention about tight ends that maybe I did not? You know, I mean, like I said before, they're in a bunch of different formations. And just because three tight ends are in the game, that doesn't mean the Bears are running. It, it, they can definitely go off for a pass, and we saw that multiple times. Um, but, yeah, uh, the play that you were mentioning with Adam Shaheen, I thought he ran a very good post route, and that was against Adrian Amos. And then Trubisky, a little, uh, it was a low ball, but he adjusts being, you know, even as big as he is, goes low to the ground, catches the ball, secures it. But, yeah, no, I mean, the tight ends are obviously going to be a focal point in this offense. We saw a little bit of a glimpses today, but hopefully we see more tomorrow. Yeah, and Trey Burton, too. You know, he's lining up all over. You see him out wide. You see him as, you know, that slot, that uh, wide tight end. And then on top of that, you see him in the H-back role as well. So he's all over the field, just like we anticipated. Uh, Deion Sims, I saw him out there. Didn't really see him make any plays, though. So we'll see uh, what transpires with him as we get further throughout camp. But uh, real quick, offensive line, it's very hard to tell you much about him. Again, no pads for the offense and defensive lines. We're not going to be able to tell you too much until the pads come on. Uh, one thing I want to note, uh, James Daniels, he was the third center during some drills, uh, but he was the backup at guard. So right now at center you have Whitehair, Grasso, Daniels, and then the two starting guards today were Eric Cush and Earl Watford. Uh, Kyle Long, he did have a scheduled day of rest. Obviously, they're getting him a little bit more uh, geared up, ready to go for once the pads kind of come on. No reason to rush Kyle Long, but right now, uh, Cush, Earl Watford. I saw Bobby Massey struggle with Sam Acho a couple of times against uh, and uh, along the edge and 11-on-11, 11 11. but Nick, I know, no pads, but anything that you can give Bears fans with that offensive line? You know, it's it's tough right now, but uh, even like the play alluding to um, Acho and Ma- Massey's, yeah, he, you can only do so much when they're trying to come at, off the edge without pads. But again, they're 
there, this is a group that's going to have to be able to move out in space. I saw that a little bit today. Again, we'll see a lot more once the pads comes out, especially with the offensive defensive linemen. But, uh, no, I think we got to wait till tomorrow when the pads actually go on. Seems fair to me. All right, so up next, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Bears' defense. But before we do, I just want to give you one moment to let you know that if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. I know Nick loves watching that number go up. We had a goal of 3,000 before the season begins, and I believe we're less than 100 away from that. So if you can help us out, reach our goal before September, what's the first game this year, Ninth. Think so. Yeah, September 9th. I don't have a schedule in front of me. But if you can help us out to reach 3,000 subscribers by then, we'd be super appreciative. And, of course, by subscribing, you get a bunch of you know valuable information. Like you'll get a you know push notification each and every time we go live, which is beneficial uh, throughout these training camp reports, preseason. And, of course, during the season when we do five shows per week, including our postgame show that follows each and every single Bears game. So, yes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't yet. All right. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. It is me, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by Nicholas Moriano to my right. First time we're ever doing a show uh, together in person, but who is not here in person with us is Brendan Hazlett. He's in a truck heading down to Indianapolis for a concert, but he's here. Uh, he was at practice. He's helping share some insight as well. And we're going to be talking about the Bears' defense now. And, guys, I want to know about your thoughts on the defensive line and outside linebacker lineups because today uh, we didn't have – uh, Aaron Lynch out there, he was sidelined uh, with an injury as well, which, again, it seems like he's been having that ever since he got here in Chicago. He really needs to stay healthy if he wants to st- stick on this roster. But when you see out there, you see Leonard Floyd, Sam Macho, and then you have Isaiah Irving and Kylie Fitz. And I think, again, no pads. They're not really rushing, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly uh, how things are shaping up. But it, it just feels incredibly thin at the position. It really does. And then today, Nick, I'm curious about your thoughts here because I'm I'm not worried for say, but it's kind of disappointing going out there day one uh, with no Roquan Smith nor Danny Trevathan. You know, Smith not under contract, Trevathan dealing with a slight injury. But uh, it's early. But do you think this is going to impact the defense by any means, or do you think they're you know uh, with Smith uh, being a first round pick and Trevathan already knowing this defense, uh, nothing to worry about just yet. Well, the only thing that maybe concerns me a little bit is that the inside linebackers for Vic Fangio's defense have a lot of responsibilities, and you would like Roquan Smith to be in camp, but just knowing knowing the player that he is and the person that he is, he's going to learn everything once he gets here. It's going to be soon. I thought it would be this weekend, and a thing could happen over you know maybe the next couple of hours, but uh, I don't think it's going to be play too big of a you know. Uh, I guess, an issue moving forward because Danny Trevathan, he is a veteran. Rokon Smith is a very smart player. So I think once they get here, everything's going to be fine. But, again, you don't want to see Timu and then Nick Kukowski. Not that Nick is a bad player, but you'd rather see your starters at your inside linebacker position playing right now. Exactly, exactly. Brandon, I want to go over to you real quick. Maybe what's your uh, top takeaway from defense today? Top takeaway from defense was really uh, the secondary. I thought Kevin Tolliver played a very, very good camp today. It looks like he wants to go out there and he really wants to be on this team. Kyle Fuller played very well today. Adrian Amos played very well today. Eddie Jackson was quiet, but I thought the DBs as a as a group, uh, I guess aside from Marcus Cooper, uh, played a very played a very good camp today. Yeah, again, that just goes kind of along with the fact that today was primarily, you know, all about the passing game. So that's who's going to shine. You're going to see the wide receivers, the tight ends, and on defense is primarily going to be the secondary, corners and safety. So that's why it's really hard to kind of gauge what the defensive line, the linebackers are doing today. Again, in drills, you get a little bit, but not too much. I think defensive line, the two things I would like to note, uh, you have John Bullard right now lining up as the starting defensive end opposite of Akeem Hicks. And when they're doing their individual drills, this is no surprise, but it's still worth noting. Akeem Hicks is like the life force of that defensive line. You can be over 100 yards away, and you can still hear Akeem Hicks, you know, hooping, hollering, getting his guys riled up, fired up, whatever you want to call it. Um, but other than that, uh, when you think about the defensive line, not a lot showed in 11-on-11. 11 11. It's kind of, you know, like they'll just kind of go up to the line, kind of stand there. Uh, so once the, once the pads come on tomorrow, I'm excited to give you more insight on who's looking fast, who's looking strong, who's getting into the backfield, who's, you know, wreaking some havoc. But as of right now, it's kind of like putting some patty cake in the middle of the field for the Bears. Again, no pads. And then outside linebacker, again, no Aaron Lynch. Uh, so the pairs were Acho Floyd, Irving Fitz. Um, Acho had the one play that kind of stood out, which was getting to Trubisky on the 11-on-11 11 11, right around Massey, who looked a little slow on the play. Um, but they had to blow it dead, which, again, no pads, so it wasn't a huge deal. And just Trubisky, they're not going to touch him. But, yeah, that's really about it. Did you say anything else from maybe the defensive line, Nick, or the outside linebackers while you are watching the offense that maybe stood out to you? You know, um, I did note that they – the outside linebackers, it seemed like, again, this is more of a passing camp, but um, 
they didn't drop back as much as you know Vic Fangio has put them in the past. And again, that can all change once the pads actually do come on. They're actually calling blitzes and stuff like that. But um, I didn't see that as much in me primarily focusing on the offense. I guess I wasn't really focusing on it, but it just seemed like they weren't really back there. I didn't see Leonard Floyd maybe 10 yards back or Acho 10 yards back. So um, that's just uh, maybe a little observation, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd like to mention now that you meant, uh, that you talked about that would be 7-on-7. Uh, seven seven. You're seeing the outside linebackers uh, being tested with these tight ends. Like You see him, uh, Leonard Floyd going up again to Trey Burton. You see Leonard Floyd going up even against an Anthony Miller sometimes, depending on how the lineup goes. So I know and we know that Fangio likes to use these linebackers in coverage, and it's fair because they're, you know, especially Acho and even Floyd at times, they're pretty good at coverage. So you want to kind of utilize that as well, and you don't always want to be rushing with the same guys. You want to mix it up. But I think the Bears' outside linebackers, linebackers at the end of this camp are going to be much better uh, with their coverage skills because of the uh, the guys that they're going up against compared to last year especially when you have Floyd going up against a Miller or a you know a Gabriel too or even a Burton on any given play it's really going to give them a bunch of different looks and ways to uh, improve their coverage schemes B you have something to say yeah uh, we brought that up uh Earlier in camp, when we seen Taylor Gabriel and Sam Acho lined up against each other, yes. I went, "That is a bad, bad matchup for Acho." And I don't expect that being a huge issue because there's not many guys like Turbo out there in the league that we're going to face this year. Uh, but just something to keep in mind that if that's something he's going to have to do, I mean, that's that's going to be a mismatch for any offense. Exactly. No doubt. All right, look at inside uh, today. Again, we didn't have the starting duo. We did not have Trevathan. We did not have Roquan Smith. So today's starting linebackers were Nick Kowalski, John Timu. Didn't really again seven on seven. They were they were fine. They didn't do a great job, but there are some passes that were completed over the middle. But again, that could be a testament to the offense as well. And then the backups, he had uh, Iggy and then John Anderson being the primarily uh, their backups. Again, really hard to tell until the pads come on. I wish it was Roquan. I wish it was Andrew Trevathan. But right now, Kwiatkowski, Timu, who I thought it looked like they knew what they are doing, which I would hope by now this is, what, each of their third year in this defense. Uh, Timu might even be his fourth now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, inside linebackers. Not a lot to talk about just yet until things kind of get a little bit more hectic in the middle of the field. Right now they're just uh, playing some zone, a little bit of man, but that's about it. And they, no one stood out good or bad, so I don't think it's – a terribly bad thing, but also not a terribly great thing for any of them. What about you, Nick? Anything to add? Or? The only thing with uh, Timu, he did have one nice play where he could have picked off Mitch Trubisky. It was either Bellamy or Anthony. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Anthony Miller, uh, I think it was a post around the middle. He he had his hips turned, got right in front of the route, dropped the ball, but he's there. At least he's there. And again, that goes to him knowing what the defense is, um, where he should be, so... Good play by Timu. He is a backup, but you like to see those plays being made. Again, it shows that he does know this defense and he's in the right place at the right time. Exactly. All right, guys, let's look at the defensive backs here. Let's begin with corner. Now we can start giving a little bit more insight to our fans. I know they're eager. They're hungry. They, but, you know, For fans that can't make it, I'm proud to be able to be here and giving you this coverage, this insight that you want. And now we can talk about it a little bit more because we're going to talk about the corners. And let's begin with Kyle Fuller because I thought he had a really strong day. He looked as confident as ever. Uh, you know, He came out last year's training camp with a bang, and he kind of never looked back. And now with the new contract, I think he's – feeling a little bit more calm, a little bit more at ease, ready to go out there and play. And, Nick, I want to hand it to you right away. I know you were paying attention to the offense, but you had a great view of a play between him and Allen Robinson along the sidelines. Do you want to walk fans through that and what you kind of saw? Yeah, so uh, Allen Robinson just ran a nine route, just a seam down the right sideline, and Kyle Fuller was matched up on him. And the ball was placed put in a you know great spot for Ant- for Allen Robinson to make a play to catch it. And he actually had his hands on it, but, you know, Kyle Fuller's been really good about, you know, knocking away passes and right at the very end just knocks a ball away. He's right there in coverage, and that's going to be a fun match. If I, I remember tweeting out that, you know, watching these two compete each and every day in training camp, that's going to be a, a great matchup to watch. But he was in the right position, right time, and Kyle Fuller was doing that all throughout practice, really. He had, if it wasn't Anthony Miller with the best day of practice, I think it would be Kyle Fuller right there as a close second. But, yeah, he was in the right place, right time, was able to use active hands. And there was one... 
think it was either it was an um, maybe Turbo or somebody in the back right corner of the end zone. Again, Kyle Fuller gets his hand on the ball, knocks it away. Um, Turbo catches it outside of you know the boundary markers, but still incomplete pass. Kyle Fuller does his job. So yeah, he had a really good day at practice today. I think what I like most out of Kyle Fuller today was his aggressiveness. It's something that, you know, we saw some of it last year, but he was more shy in terms of making plays on the ball. And today he did that, he did that pretty well. So if, that, if he can build off that confidence, you know, now throughout training camp and the preseason, I think once he gets to the regular season, you're going to see a much more uh, confident Kyle Fuller who's a little bit more aggressive that would maybe resemble the Kyle Fuller we saw his rookie year when he was, you know, he had all those interceptions in that short amount of time. I was looking down in our chat and someone was asking about Iggy, and I know I mentioned him, but I just want to let you know, like, he didn't stand out in any regard whatsoever playing with the backup linebackers, but he didn't look out of place either. And I think day one out of Iggy, that's totally okay. That's right where you want him to be. Of course, if he's making some bigger plays, that's great. But if he's not sticking, uh, if he's not sticking out for any bad reasons and he's kind of fitting in, that's what you want, and I believe he'll work his way up this depth chart as we go along. But right now, once the pads come on, my goal is to kind of pay attention to what the Bears are using him in terms of the special teams role. And, of course, if he makes an impact on defense, I'll definitely let you know. But looking at the other corners real quick, getting back to them, uh, Prince of Mukamara, you know, he had that one play where he was beat on Kyle, uh, Kyle Kevin White beat him on the left side of the formation, uh, wide open in the end zone on a double move. But other than that, I thought he was pretty solid besides that one blown coverage. You know, he had that one dropped interception, but he did take some extra time on the sidelines to kind of work with his catching. So, again, he knows it's an issue. He's working on it, and hopefully he can get that corrected because he he has a good job of getting good position, getting his hands on the ball, but he just needs to find a way to finish. Bryce Callahan, he was locked in on coverage today, and he had a difficult time. You know, he had Taylor Gabriel to go up against. He had Anthony Miller to go up against. He had times three Cohen. A lot of speed for Bryce Callahan to kind of handle, and I thought he did it quite well. Uh, there was one play, I forgot who's running this crossing route, um, but I look up, and all I see is Bryce Callahan just get right into, you know, right over the top of the coverage without pass interference, perfect perfect technique, not getting his body, you know, his body on the other receiver's body, but just getting open over the top to get his hand on the ball and just swat it down. That's the perfect, you know, pass deflection you're looking for. A great positioning, getting his hand on the ball. But I think we should talk about the star of the show when it comes to the defensive back, and that's Marcus Tolliver. You know, he's making big plays. He's playing confidently. Uh, he had... Honestly, he had a huge family there, by the way. I talked to his mom for a little bit today, but he had, I think they said there was over 30 of them there today cheering him on, a huge cheering section uh, for family and friends of Kevin Tolliver. Uh, don't forget, he had two picks in yesterday's close practice, one today really making his impact felt. B, what about you? In terms of Tolliver, what did you see? And, of course, the rest of the defensive backs. He looks a lot bigger than the rest of the defensive backs, just in general. It's him and DeAndre Hall that look really big as far as defensive backs go. So he's got a very good frame uh, to go along with his playing style. And, and it showed in that interception he had. He was able to body up the receiver uh, and get to the high point of the ball, and he was able to pick it off. It just it was simple as that. It was a great play by him. Not exactly the best throw by Bray. Uh, but overall, I thought he just had a very solid day. I thought the supporting cast was, was cool that he had over 30 people there. I didn't know that that was the – the number that he had because I mean everywhere he turned around there was a, a 33 jersey so I thought that was interesting you know it really was I think the one last corner to talk about right now Marcus Cooper uh the one time I noticed him <laughs> was the one time he gave up a huge touchdown or yeah I was gonna say where we could not talk about him <laughs> that's all I wanted to say we're gonna move on now don't worry we're gonna keep that brief okay all right, so let's go over to the safeties. And I want to talk about, before we talk about what they did in like 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11, 11 11, I want to talk about their individual drills because, uh, Brandon, you and I had a great spot right where they were. And uh, Ed Donatel, the defensive backs coach, was very loud today, which I was appreciative. He's 20 yards on the field, and I could hear each and every instruction that he was giving his players. And for the drill, for about 15, 20 minutes, what they worked on was communication. So based off what routes they see, uh, how to hand them off correctly, and when to hand them off, and based off different formations, like what – and like how the like with the coverage they're using, like who has who, and I thought that was really interesting because there were a few times where he'd be like, no, 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 you need to take him, and you better switch here, and that's the correct way to do it. Um, on top of that, uh, they really worked on their positioning, how to position themselves against different routes to get into the best, uh, you know, spot to make a play on the ball. And on top of that, he took it one step further, which I thought was really insightful. Uh, it's not just being in a great position to make a play on the ball. It's being in a great position to have the best vision of the rest of the field so you can see what the rest of the play is going on behind you. That way you can see what's developing. And if the play doesn't go to you, you can still make a play uh, elsewhere on the field. And it's a good way to make sure you're not burned. So it's, a, it's twofold. 
make sure you can see the entire field, but also get in a position to make a play on the ball if it does go your way. But Ed Donatel, I can listen to him talk about coverages for hours. I mean, it was like 15 minutes, and I just felt, I mean, I was excited to hear what he had to say, but just a lot of good insight. And he really has his guys keyed in, locked in, and every single word that he's saying. And a few times I didn't want to, I want to mention, he did praise Deion Bush during these drills. Like, there you go, Deion. That's what you need to do. Keep it up. So Deion Bush, someone who, uh, Vic Fangio talked highly of about OTAs uh, day one here or day two, but day one of public practice, uh, hearing Ed Donatel, his defensive backs coach, even giving him some unsolicited praise about individual drills, I think is something that we should definitely keep an eye on moving forward. And speaking of Bush, uh, he and DeAndre Hall uh, seem to be the primary pair of backup safeties today. Uh, they were making some plays, I thought, and DeAndre Hall, he didn't look out of place whatsoever, and he seemed to have a high energy about him as well. So some guys, some young guys that we really need to step up in the back end of this Bears defense uh, in these backup roles, and I think they did that today. But uh, B, I'm going to go over uh, B. Yeah, I'll go over to B. I was looking over at Nick, getting confused who's who right now, but anything about the safeties you'd like to mention? Uh, yeah, I thought Deion Bush, he had – I don't want to say it was a blown coverage, but it was a missed coverage. He wasn't too far from his guy, uh, was able to get a completed pass, but if he was there and locked on his guy like he should have been, that pass wouldn't be complete. So he needs to be a little bit more aggressive in that aspect. Overall, I was pretty pleased with him and DeAndre Hall. DeAndre Hall was also out there making making plays on the sideline. There was one that I remember. don't remember who he was guarding against, but he had his hand up there and was able to knock it down. And I'll go to Nick now, because that, that is your correct name, and you are sitting right next to me. I can touch you at, at, during a show for the first time ever. Uh, anything you want to mention about uh, the safeties at all that you saw? You know, just uh, that DeAndre Hall is at safety. I mean, he was a mixed bag where is he going to be a corner, is he going to be a safety? But starting off, first day, he's at safety, which I think is a good position for him. He has the size and the ball skills to play that position. So, um, again, I think, you know, he was a guy that I – really liked back then but he just had some injuries so we'll see what he can do but I'm glad that he's uh you know in that mix and that role and it's something that I think he can uh, succeed at awesome guys I'm curious any final thoughts about the defense as a whole before we move on to honestly maybe two sentences about special teams and wrap things up what about you B I thought I thought the defense was the better side of the ball today just as a as a whole it's hard to be able to grasp how good exactly a defensive line is yet the linebackers because there's just not contact yet uh, but I thought overall uh, the defensive backs carried the defense today, and they looked a little bit better in the offense, in my opinion. Exactly. Again, day one, that's what's going to happen because the offense needs time to you know work on this system, get build chemistry. And it, like I talked about a few weeks ago, it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, and it's something that we should really embrace here in Chicago. Like today the defense won. But I think if tomorrow the pads are on and somehow the Bears' offense goes out there and, you know, Trubisky can meticulously pick apart the defense. That's not a knock on the defense, but it's the offense making adjustments, getting a little bit more cohesive as a unit and making some plays. But yeah, no, I think my final thought about the defense was the, the backs look good. They look fluid. They had a lot of energy about them. And on top of that, defensive line, Akeem Hicks, again, uh, everyone's kind of going around him, building off of his energy. And I'm excited to see where that can kind of go throughout camp. But what about you, Nick? Any final thoughts about the defense, offense, team as a whole? Oh, wide open. You know what? Actually, we're just going to transition right to the special teams because Brandon and I had a really good spot where we were watching the kick returners, and I don't know what coach it was, but he had a, a, a gray medicine ball, and he would throw it at the returners, and I think he, he said to Taylor Gabriel or Tariq Cohen, um, if it hits you, it's going to knock you over, and they have to try to avoid it, go make one cut and go the opposite of way opposite way of the ball and uh, I think it was Taylor Gabriel runs right into the ball he's like yeah that probably should have knocked you over being as small as you are but that's just a good drill to have and then right after that they had one where they um they had a ball in their hand and then they shot a ball up in the air with the jug machine and right before they're about to catch they have to throw the ball previously in their hand up in the air catch the one that's coming down and then catch the one they just threw up in the air just you know again having all these distractions if you can catch two footballs of it's better chance you can just catch the one that's coming at you as a punt returner. But yeah, I thought that was a really cool drill and just how um, you know active and um, the different kind of techniques you can use to get as a to be a better punt returner, kick returner. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And Brandon and I had a really good view of that. Yeah, and I want to talk about uh, what they're doing for kickoff drills. You know, they weren't doing any live kickoffs today. They pretty much used the punter in place of a kicker. But the big coaching uh, point today, which I think is worth mentioning because it goes right with the new kickoff rules, is that they cannot move until the ball is kicked. And so that running start. So, again, that's totally different. A lot of these guys have always had a running start in terms of kickoff. So the big thing is, you know, you have to stand in your spot until you hear that ball being kicked. And they talk about they want that invisible glass wall right where that line, right where that line is. So that was a big one of contention 
watching today. A couple of people were a little twitchy, but nothing you know overly you know glaring. And I think they got it pretty much quick uh, cleaned up real quick. But it's just it's just a totally different animal. A lot of these guys are used to those running starts, so they're ready to get moving, but they have to stand still until the ball's kicked off. But special teams, who do we see out there refielding uh, kicks and punts? We saw Bryce Callahan, Anthony Miller, uh, Tree Cohen. Anyone else that I missed, Nick? No, I think Benny I mean, Cunningham dropping some. Well, yeah, that was a big one. I mean, I didn't get to see those, Brandon, but you said he dropped a few of those, correct? Yeah, he. There was one that went. He had the basket ready, and then it just went right through his chest, down his stomach, and it was on the ground. And then he had one that he bobbled that he dropped as well. But that was when they were working on the jug machine. Jug machine, not necessarily when Pat O'Donnell was kicking either. I know John Franklin also was taking some reps at kick returner when uh, I was mentioning those drills. He was also back. They had a bunch of guys back there, even Cravon LeBlanc. There, just a bunch of mix of people just trying to, you know, get some reps in at kick returner. But yeah, that's going to be interesting. Who actually ends up winning that battle? Yes, lots of battles to go around, which is fun to see. Again, day one, I can't wait to see when things heat up tomorrow once the pads get on. But, guys, let's just kind of share some final thoughts and get out of here because we'll be right back tomorrow morning, bright and early. We'll be at Bourbon 8, 630 again for another long but pretty glorious morning. And I mean, if the rain holds, it was a little rainy day. I'm not complaining. Uh, Maybe I'm feeling a little sick, but I'm not complaining. But, Nick, I'm going to go to you next. I'm going to go to Brandon first. I know. I just I see. I'm keeping you guys. Keep, <laughs> what just happened there? Keeping you guys on your toes, Brandon. No I kidding. I, well, you know that's what they're doing. Uh, the Bears' offense is doing. So I'm just going to do the same exact thing to you guys. Because Brandon, I know you're in the truck, so I want to let you to go ahead and get off because you have a, some company there with you who are being more than kind and patient, letting you have this moment to speak with us on the podcast. Uh, final thoughts about your first day. I know this is your first time going to training camp in like three years. So just final thoughts about your day, your experience, what you saw, and then you can go ahead and head out. Yeah, it was cool to it was cool to be there again. I I miss it. It was fun to just watch and be around football again. Uh, but overall, uh, offense I thought was really good. Uh, they were confident, a lot of misdirection, a lot of motion. I think is really cool. Something we haven't seen, and I seen they were running slant routes. And I made you know kind of nudge Will a little bit. It was like they're running slant routes. Like we've never seen that before, you know. Uh, so I thought the offense they're headed in the right direction. Just going to take some work, some repetition. Defense won the day. Uh, DBs played very very well. Kyle Fuller very confident. Uh, Tolliver, he's going to work his way into this team if he keeps playing the way that he has the last couple days. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward to what the rest of the group has in store, and I want to make a, a quick shout-out to everyone in the truck because I can hear them uh, on the live view behind me here. So it may only show one live viewer there, but there's four of us in the truck. So uh, shout-out to all you guys for letting me do this. Awesome. Good stuff there, Brandon. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning in Bear Benet. Enjoy your concert, and uh, I'll see you. Have a, have a good night, man. Yep, absolutely. You guys too. Thanks. All right, Nick. Just the two of us. All right, so, yeah, let's wrap up our thoughts here on Bourbon A. Um, Real quick before I go to my final, final thought, I just want to say, like, just the energy that the Bears brought out today I think is one of the things that is an overarching theme that I really want Bears fans to really understand, like, just a whole different buzz around not just the practice, but, like, what the players were doing on the field, what the fans were doing on the side. Like, you can tell fans were excited, which – it's a, it's a, you know, it's a breath of fresh air having, you know, fans standing around me talking positively around the team. Where this time last year, I go, here we go again. John Fox, here we go again. And I was like, oh, look at this naggy guy. Look at what he's doing out there, and you know, chanting his name as he's walking off the field. Uh, fans just getting excited when the quarterback's running on the field. Last year, we didn't get that with Glennon. Uh, no, we did not. And just having, you know, everyone, you know, it's just a whole different atmosphere. And I'm really embracing it, and I hope you are too as fans. But Nick, uh, final thoughts about the practice, what you're looking forward to tomorrow. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Anything like that? Yeah, so I just think that every single moment of this practice, there was no wasted opportunities. Everything had a purpose. Regardless if it was just, you know, running, uh, you know, plays on air, not even with the defense. It just seemed like everyone wanted to get better each and every rep. Everyone was critiquing just kind of, okay, this is how you should do it next time. Every single time there wasn't a wasted opportunity for the Bears. And, you know, with being a new head coach, bringing in a bunch of new players, they need that. Every single time they're out there at Bourbon A, training camp, moving forward throughout the season, um, it just seemed like it started today that that's going to be the mindset going forward that 
each rep. It, it's important, regardless if the ball ends up on the ground, you learn from it. And then just moving forward to tomorrow, they're finally in pads. We can see, we can actually, you know, look at this offensive line, defensive line, and give it, you know, a little bit more of analysis. Like, oh man, someone got in the backfield because they they just missed a step or something like that. So I'm just looking forward to hearing, you know. Pads, you know, making that sound when they finally hit, when there's a big hit, hopefully everyone gets up okay. But that's going to be exciting to see the pads back on tomorrow. Yeah, when the pads are on, then you know football is officially back. Today's more of that walkthrough, getting people acclimated to what's to come for the rest of training camp. But no, my final thoughts here, you know, high energy. The coaches brought the energy. The coaches made sure that they made each and every minute of this practice count, which I don't think that's something you can say under John Fox's era. You know, I don't want to be dissing, but I just want to point out the differences here. And I also want to mention, I talk about every year, you know, players, they seem like they're having fun. This year felt like a little bit different because last year I was like, oh, this Bears team, they're, they're enjoying themselves, they're having a good time. This year, they're having a good time, but the difference is you can tell they're laser focused on what they're doing. They're like, they're, re, they're, they're gonna, you know, high five a player if they've made a good play, get real excited about it, but the next play, they're right back into it, focusing on the details, which of course is everything that the Bears have been kind of preaching all offseason long. But yeah, uh, Trubisky looked good in spurts. Uh, I don't think he looked bad by any means. He looks like he's grasping this offense. Uh, you know, the one uh, interception by the backup quarterback, Daniel, um, again, more of a defensive play than, you know, a poor throw at that. So the offense, even though we think that the defense had a better day, I think the offense had a good first day. It's not a bad day by any means. There weren't a ton of miscommunications. There weren't a bunch of drops. Uh, so, yeah, I think everyone looked good in what they were supposed to be doing today. So once the pads come on, we're able to give you just a little bit more insight. But a lot of energy, a lot of attention to detail, a lot of focus by this team. I talked to Charles Leno Jr. a little bit after practice. He said he was just having a lot of fun out there. You can tell a big smile on his face. And, you know, Leno Jr., his smile, it's just contagious. You know, he and I had a good uh, couple-minute talk. But he seemed to be having a good time. I don't want to give out too much details because I didn't say I was going to tell anyone about what we're talking about. But, uh, Nick, real quick. Tell our listeners, who did you meet today? I met Mitch Trubisky's dad, Dave. Um, I saw him talking to one of the reporters, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's Mitch Trubisky's dad. So right before I left, I just uh, said hi to him, asked him like what it's like watching your son practice here. Then I also asked him about um, his wife and see how uh, she was doing, and she was actually at the practice, so she's doing a lot better. But, yeah, so I got to meet Mitch, Trubis- Mitch Trubisky's dad today. See, look at that. We're making connections uh, everywhere we go. And speaking of connections, we want to connect with you. If you're going to be at any of these Bears practices coming up, you know, tomorrow on Sunday, Monday as well, I'll be there. And, of course, next weekend, the weekend after that, we'll be at the Hall of Fame game uh, and the enshrinement, but we'll be there the next Sunday as well. So anytime you're there, reach out. I'm sure one of us will be there. I know tomorrow I think we're going to have five of us there, which is going to be the most we've ever had in person together, let alone the most we've ever had at training camp at one time. So stay tuned for more updates on Twitter, at the Bears Bros. If you don't follow us yet, definitely do so for those up to the minute updates. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. So for my co-host Nick, this is your host, Will DeWitt. I'm going to be signing off. We'll be back tomorrow morning uh, and, of course, tomorrow afternoon with the podcast, but we'll be back in Bear Bonet tomorrow morning. So definitely check us out on social media. But until tomorrow, hope you enjoy today's day one report. Until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down, Chicago bear.